Hi, everyone. Welcome to Better Hiring, a podcast by Workable. As a marketing manager at Workable, if there was one thing I had to choose as my absolute favorite part of my job, it would be learning from the folks who are challenging the status quo and moving the recruitment industry forward. That's why we're here today. This podcast is a space for the leaders who are driving this progress to share their real, honest experiences in overcoming challenges and moving the hiring industry forward. And of course, to bring you the latest tips, trends, and strategies to help you find a path to better hiring. In this episode, our strategic content manager, Keith, sat down with David Jackson, CEO of Fullstack Labs, to discuss the unique set of challenges that comes with opening a business in a new country, from cultural differences to compliance issues and everything in between. Let's jump in. So we're a a software consultancy. We help companies uh, design and build software. That can include building, designing, building new apps, or uh, designing and building features within existing apps. Team augmentation and staffing, where we just add developers to um, a client's existing team. And we're headquartered in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. We have about seventy-five people at the company total. Approximately half of our people are in the United States, and half of them are in. We've been in business for about five years. And, five years. Uh, yeah, we've completed about 125 projects in that time. And I guess uh, three years ago, you started looking around for a new office. Yeah, we, so how that actually came to be was it was about three years ago. We were working with a contractor in Barranquilla, Colombia named Ivan. And he was a senior level person at a, a different agency in Colombia. And he had left and was just kind of contracting for us. And then we hired a couple of his friends as contractors. And then we said, hey, why don't we open an office in Columbia and become an incorporated company um, and then start growing the team down there. So we kind of grew out of that organically by, you know, having a good person on the ground locally to start and kind of help us lead the efforts when it came time to incorporate and get an office and build a company. So uh, Columbia was more of a happenstance thing about the strategic location view. Yeah, I mean, we knew we wanted to open an office in South America. Mexico and then Central America and South America are good locations for nearshore development teams because they're in our time zone. Whereas if you hire, you know, if you build a team in um, Eastern Europe or in India or in Asia, um, you know, there's a 12-hour time difference that makes it really difficult to work together. But in Colombia, they're an hour or two ahead of us depending on the time of year. And uh, it allows us to work with them throughout the day. They also tend to um, have a good education system down there for computer science. A fair number of them speak English, so that also makes it easy to, to kind of build what we, what we call blended teams, where um, for most of our projects, most of our client projects, we'll have approximately half of the professionals in the United States and half of the professionals in Colombia. The safety and security and convenience of having a lead U.S. developer with some of the cost savings of having a nearshore development team. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Did you have any challenges? If so, what do you, what do you want? How you overcame oh, yeah. that? <laughs> it's just a totally different way of doing business. Um, and so you're, you have to learn quickly and you have to kind of learn on the job and learn as you go. And, you know, initially just forming the company, you know, just the kind of mechanical steps of getting set up to do business is much different. So we hired, you know, a big international law firm, which seemed to be the only choice. Um, to, you know, to form a, a, an entity down there for us. 
in the United States, it's you know it's simple. If you want to form an LLC, you go online. It's two hundred fifty dollars, and it's done in two days, and you're in business. But that's not how it works in Colombia. In Colombia, it's very involved. You have to get an attorney. It takes a long time. The you know um, they they just have a centrally they're they're a quasi socialist country, and so the government has a lot of control over the free market, and it, and they just have a lot of rules that you have to play by. And it was very important to us that we didn't want to. We didn't want to go into business down there the wrong way. Like we wanted to follow, you know, the letter of the law and make sure that we got off on the right foot and we didn't have any sort of regulatory issues. Um, so we, you know, we hired a law firm and I think it was like eight weeks to get incorporated and then finding. So that was kind of the first step. And then um, finding office space was pretty easy. We, we started at a WeWork um, or shared office space. So they do have that kind of stuff is, is available down there, which is nice and convenient. So we, we started off just doing temporary shared workspace. Uh, but then like finding an accountant to do the books and, you know, a, a bookkeeper was challenging. They have a lot of rules around how you could hire employees and they have a lot of employment law that you have to co- comply with. So we had to hire consultants to build our employment contracts and then make sure that we are in compliance with, I mean, myriads of employment law and all types of filings and stuff. This is after you're in business. Now there's a whole nother level of of things you have to do. So we just hired a bunch of consultants to help with that. They have um, a lot of unique rules that you would never think about in the United States. So on for all new employees on their first day of work, you have to send them to the doctor and get a physical. (laughs) You know, so it's like, Right. You know, and I think that grows out of like, they have a lot of, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of mining, agriculture and things like that. And so it's a safety issue, but they apply it across the board, you know, so we're, we have computer developers sitting in an air conditioned office, but we have to send them to, and we still do it, you know, to get a, a medical exam their first day of work. If they don't, you, if you pay them beneath a certain threshold, you have to provide them with clothing, even though they're an office worker. <laughs> it's just really bizarre stuff like that. Um, so there's lots of little things you have to do just to make sure you're in compliance. Um, those were challenging. And then, like I mentioned, finding an accountant was difficult. The gu- there's only like one or two accounting systems you're allowed to use in Columbia and they're, they have to be approved by the government. And so because of that, you know, this one company has monopoly. So it's really expensive to buy the accounting software and the software is really old and outdated. And then that, I don't know how to use it. It makes it difficult for reporting. This is still a challenge that we deal with. Um, you can't just sign up for QuickBooks and, you know, like you would in the United States. So there's all these just kind of governmental rules that make it really hard, to be honest. Um, so those are, you know, those are some of the challenges. We've had others, but those were the big ones. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. About cultural challenges, were there any, um, like you said, the ways of doing business well, or the different two culturally as well? Well, for example, uh, setting up a meeting, would you expect everybody to be absolutely on time? Is it a nine-to-five environment? Um, is it okay to leave in the middle of the day for one hour, two-hour lunch? Or these like, little nuances? No. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if it's a cultural issue, but one, one of something you know, in that same bucket in terms of challenges is we have, we've had to kind of really encourage employees down there to take the lead and to and to um, kind of step up and lead projects. I think sometimes when you're hiring, when you're, when you're blending an onshore team and an offshore team, there's an assumption that the onshore team, the U.S. The team is going to kind of be the leaders and, is going to, and they're going to take responsibility for the project. But we wanted our Colombian developers to feel, you know, like they're equals with our, with our team in the United States and that they have 
the same ability to stand, step up and take leadership in a project. Um, and so there was some cultural challenges around that and just helping them understand our mentality of like, this is how we want you to, you know, we want you to, to feel like you're part of the company. We want you to, to, you know, take responsibility and leadership within the project and don't feel like you can't do that just because you're not in the, you know, the, the U.S. headquarters. That makes sense, yeah. I guess maybe there's a bit of a thing with uh, Silicon Valley, go get them and kind of aggressive, innovative, and maybe maybe it's a little more conservative in Colombia in that regard. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I think the United States in general is just kind of u- unique in that people here feel really, even junior people feel really comfortable just kind of speaking up and having their voice heard and having an opinion and, you know, and and I think maybe in other cultures, that's a little bit different. And it, there, it's a little bit more hierarchical in other cultures where like the boss is in charge and then he tells the manager what to do. And then the manager tells everybody else what to do. And it's like, you follow orders. And, you know, that's not how it works in Silicon Valley most of the time. It's not how it works at full stack. You know, we want everybody to feel like they're a leader, even junior people. We want them to feel, you know, have a low level of ownership and feel like they're a leader on a project. So, and I think that was a bit of an adjustment. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so uh, if you were in, if you met somebody else who's kind of thinking about doing the same thing, going into Colombia or whichever other country, uh, what advice would you give them? Uh, what do you wish you knew before you went in? The best advice I would give them to, in terms of getting started is to get a good attorney, find a good attorney and spend a lot of time choosing your attorney. In the United States, like I said, you know, your attorneys aren't even really involved. And if they are, it's it's relatively minimal. And most attorneys are pretty good. And it's not going to be a big difference who you choose. Uh, For something as, you know, as administrative as forming a a company, you don't need like the best attorney to do that. But um, in Colombia, I didn't didn't understand that. So we just kind of like found somebody and went with them. Um, but it, they turn, it, they turn out to be a really important part of your business. So you need to take the time to find someone who's really good and is going to do it the right way. And is going to, is going to counsel you, you know, for the months, the six months after you start your business, they're going to continue to counsel you on how to properly do business down there. And then, uh, I would, in addition, finding a good accounting firm and a good bookkeeping firm to make sure you're in compliance with all the tax law and everything is, is also really important. It's just not like the U S where it's super easy. I mean, it's just endlessly complex. So that would be the best advice I could give them um, in terms of getting started. And then I guess the other thing I would say is, is it's more expensive than you think. So, you know, when we, when we started down there, we kind of had a sense for what salaries were, but if you go on to Glassdoor, if you go and kind of read, you know, these kind of like salary estimation tools, uh, or, or just read online about what an average developer salary is in Colombia. It sounds really low and it sounds really attractive to a U.S. business. You think, oh, great, we're going to be able to build a team down there. We're going to hire people for, you know, seven or eight or ten dollars an hour. And it doesn't work that way. I mean, you can hire people down there for those rates, but not good people. You know, the, the best developers and the best professionals in Colombia are are more expensive than you'd think. There's still a cost savings, uh, you know, compared to the United States, but it's not a huge cost saving. Kind of a surprise to us of how how much we've had to increase our pay in order to re- attract and retain the best people. Interesting. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay. There's, just, there's a lot of competition down there for developers. Um, it's just like the United States where, you know, everybody's getting recruited to death and, um, and, and, 
there's a lot of competition between companies for hiring and people are moving around and getting better offers all the time. And so it's not, you know, just cause you're a U.S. company, you're not going to, you know, kind of come writing in on a, you know, or come writing into town and, and have your pick of the letter or anything like it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. full stacks, not the last one, to, not the first one to do it. They will be the right. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of competition yeah. from both the U S companies and Colombian companies. And, um, it's going to be, 50% more expensive than you think it's going to be. So. Mm -hmm. so it would be good to do your homework beforehand, like yeah. real homework, not glass door homework. The kind of yeah. Thing, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. You, could, you know, I, I would also, it's important to point out that um, you, there's really great people down there. I mean, we've hired some very talented developers, very talented professionals. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, you know, like I said, they're, it's more expensive than you think but it's still less expensive than hiring people in the United States and you get really high quality talent. So. How has Rockable helped uh, in these challenges in recruitment down there? Yeah, yeah. So we've used Workable in a few different ways. Um, so we, one of the things that's really nice is we manage all of our Columbia job postings in the same way we do in the United States. So we go in and we create a new job. We publish it to Indeed and to LinkedIn. We get a lot of we get a lot of inbound applicants in Colombia um, from LinkedIn and, and to a lesser extent, um, Indeed. And and then we we run them through the same um, candidate pipeline, the same hiring process. It was a nice surprise when we you know when we were expanding down there. It was nice to see that Workable worked in in Colombia. I didn't think it would. I was kind of surprised by that. But um, you know, I would have thought that a lot of this uh, the software programs we use are only in the, you know, they're kind of, they only focus on the United States or maybe US and Europe. Um, but yeah, it's been, there's no real difference between using it in the US and, and using it workable. And that's been really nice and, and really helpful. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe wherever you are to stay up to date with our new episodes. And in the meantime, head on over to the Workable blog at resources.workable.com and check out our vast resource library and if you're looking for a better way to hire, just reach out. We'd love to help.